This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Monday, November 29th. Coming up, how an oddly shaped historic home in Johnson County is getting a new life. I mean, people ask all the time, what is it? You know, because it does, you know, just the way the roof, you know, kind of has that, you know, white monolith, it just like doesn't look like a house at all. But first, Kansas is almost one fifth Hispanic, but there are almost no Latinos in elected office in the state. David Condos of the Kansas News Service caught up with two women who are trying to change that. Hola. It's the week leading up to Election Day in Dodge City and Liberal. And City Commission candidates Blanca Soto and Janet Vasquez knock on one door. After the next. After the next. In the two most Latino cities in Kansas. Hispanic residents make up roughly two-thirds of each town's population. And yet, neither place has ever elected a Latina to city office. Buenas tardes. So these candidates are turning to potential voters in working-class Hispanic neighborhoods, knocking on doors most people running for city office don't bother with. Here's Blanca Soto. I think you can send mail-ins, you can do social media, but I think until you make that connection, I think that's what really makes a difference. But fewer than half of Hispanic Kansans meet the criteria to even register to vote. Many of the people Soto and Vasquez talk with aren't citizens. Some who are citizens haven't registered to vote or don't know how. And even among registered voters, many don't know about the city election. It's an uphill battle. Seward County, welcome to the special election night coverage. On election night, Janet Vasquez watched the results roll in at a friend's restaurant and saw herself become the first Latina elected to local office in the history of the most Hispanic city in Kansas. She hugged her son, cried with her mom, but her dad, who brought the family to Kansas from Mexico when Janeth was young, couldn't be there. He was deported more than a decade ago. So later that night, she told him the news over the phone. He started crying, and he said that he feels like all of his sacrifices and all of his risks have been worth it. Her win typifies the American dream for thousands of immigrant families like hers who have come to southwest Kansas. But up the road in Dodge City, the night's results served as a reminder that electing a Latina to any office in Kansas, even in its most Hispanic regions, remains exceedingly rare. Blanca Soto came up short. There's work, and we're going to get it done. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we know that it's going to take time to create sustainable change. Kansas is rapidly becoming more Hispanic. The number of Latino residents has nearly tripled since 2000. Roughly one of every five Kansans is now Latino. But those elected to power? Well, out of more than 3,000 municipal officials elected across Kansas, only four are Hispanic. Erica Bernal-Martinez with the National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed Officials says population numbers don't tell the whole story. While that community may be 62% Latino as an example, it doesn't mean that the electorate is made up of majority Latino voters. So she says Latino candidates need to expand that electorate, starting with citizenship and voter registration, then getting those new voters to the polls. So it's almost like this double job that gets stacked on for them. And that takes time and it takes a lot of work and it takes more money. Then there are the realities of being a Hispanic woman who's trying to break into the traditionally white power structure. Janeth Vasquez says she's regularly gotten aggressive phone calls from people accusing her of wanting to bring more undocumented immigrants to town. Same thing on social media. On top of all the other challenges, you have to learn the process. You have to learn the rules and the regulations. And then just to top it off, on top of that, we still have to deal with racism. They're trying to intimidate me. 
and I'm not intimidated. Back in a neighborhood in South Liberal, Vasquez's door knocking campaign leads her to a door she knows well. Hi, Mom. This is my mom. And her mom's story tells a little about how much time it may take to expand the Latino electorate here. She became a citizen just a few months ago, some three decades after coming to Kansas from Mexico. But finally, this year, she became a voter and got to cast a ballot for the first time in her life for her daughter. I'm so happy. I, I can't tell you with words, but she's doing very, very good. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> for the Kansas News Service, I'm David Condos in Liberal. Based here at KCUR, the Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. Coming up, the story of a strange white orb in the middle of Overland Park. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. This is Kansas City Today. At UMB Private Wealth Management, a part of UMB Bank, your story is our focus. UMB works closely with you to tailor a plan that meets your goals through every stage of life and changing economic climates. UMB's customized financial planning services and resources help you accumulate, preserve, and protect wealth, giving you peace of mind about your future. UMB, everything we do starts with you, from our high-touch service to our robust suite of wealth management products. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. A futuristic-looking dome-shaped house in Overland Park has been added to the Kansas Registry for Historic Places. Now the home's owners are working to restore this local landmark. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports. The Campbell Dome House rises out of a sea of shingled roofs in Overland Park. Glass panels gleam on one side of the white orb, which appears as if a spacecraft landed between the houses. I mean, people ask all the time, what is it, you know, because it does, you know, just the way the roof, you know, kind of has that, you know, white monolith, it just like doesn't look like a house at all. Jeff Rhodes is the caretaker and temporary resident of the dome house, along with his wife, Kelly. They're the third generation to enjoy the unusual lodging. Kelly's father, Mark Campbell, spent his teenage years beneath that white dome. His parents were originally from South Texas, where they missed the year-round weather. My parents wanted to, instead of moving back down to the Rio Grande Valley, uh, move some of the Rio Grande Valley up here. So they wanted a, a house that they could live in normally, but had a courtyard. Bob Campbell was a structural engineer with a passion for the modern. He had a hand in the design of the Truman Sports Complex and Kemper Arena. He was also fascinated by domes. With architect John Shaver, Bob built schools throughout the 50s and 60s in Kansas, Colorado, and Michigan, using that and other non-traditional shapes. When Bob built himself a dome house to live in in 1968, it was as much of a practical exercise as anything. And it was, number one, for sales point, but number two, so he could demonstrate to welders in the field, this is how your weld should look. Scott Lane is the president of KC Modern, a nonprofit dedicated to promoting modern architecture. They gave the Campbell home its first ever open house at the beginning of November. Lane grew up seeing the dome when he was a kid and says sci-fi designs like that were all over magazines like Popular Mechanics. Domes were kind of a funny thing. You know, you're supposed to have your own 
helicopter, personal helicopter. This is very futuristic. In the suburbs of Kansas City, this particular dome became a container for a fairly standard ranch-style home. Beneath its futuristic shell, it's got a galley kitchen, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, a dining room, and a family room adjacent to a courtyard and swimming pool. The home's interior screams mid-century America from its cedar beams and other wooden touches to its brickwork that extends outside. There's an aesthetic and, a, and a, an architectural idea there that, is, although it's like really quirky and somewhat strange, is also really fun and well done. Chris Fine is a professor of architecture at Kansas State. He says that despite Bob Campbell's ambitions, the concept of domes as a future of housing was simply impractical. At the end of the day, there isn't much that's cheaper than building a stick frame house like we've been building houses forever. Uh, they don't really solve any of the larger problems and they create other problems. It's just easier to keep doing things the way we've always done them. Bob Campbell died in 2011, and his wife Lolly died in 2013. After that, the house sat empty for the next few years. The family used it for occasional get-togethers and even Kelly and Jeff's wedding. That's what gave them the idea to finally share the space with the public. Kelly and Jeff decided that in order to honor the legacy of the dome house, they would need to restore it to its full 60s aesthetic with a bit of modern polish. Most of the work is cosmetic, but the leaking roof required a lot of attention. Since living here, I've also learned that this house takes more maintenance than a normal house. This month, the house was officially added to the list of Kansas Historic Sites, a state designation that gives the homeowners access to tax credits and incentives to help with their restoration. They've already started renting out the home for events and gatherings and hope to someday offer it as an Airbnb. But for now... This home within a dome stands tribute to the modern aesthetic and Bob Campbell's engineering savvy. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Carlos Moreno. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read David's story on elections in western Kansas and Carlos's story on the Dome House, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app or call us at 816-235-8039 to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.